In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mortgage Marketing Radio Nightclub. Ooh. All right. That's my lame attempt at... I don't know. Just trying to change up the intro so you hear something different from when you normally tune in so I can capture your attention and get you to listen in. Hey, if you're here, and you're here because you're listening. So of course you're here. I'm here. We're here. So let's talk. Let's have a great conversation. How's that? Today is all about having a great conversation. And speaking of conversations, have you checked out the Mortgage Marketing Radio Facebook group? Yeah, that's where we go deeper on the conversations. So go to Facebook, type in the search bar, Mortgage Marketing Radio. It's for you, the podcast listener. If you want to go deeper, if you want to have more meaningful conversations, if you want to take the some of the podcast sessions and have a deeper dive, if you want to get some additional coaching and training support around your initiatives and goals and marketing and digital marketing, and you want answers to questions, get in there and type your question. We will answer it for you. And just join the group. We've got a lot of cool stuff happening in there. All right, so conversations today is a conversation. Welcome back to uh, my uh, a guest, a returning guest who I'm thrilled to have, especially uh, since uh, he's super busy. He's a multiple author, best-selling book author. I'm talking about uh, Mark Schaefer, who last time I had him on was pre-COVID-19. And since then, let's just face it, the world has forever been changed. And so Mark and I uh, have a conversation that is largely focused on his new book, which is Cumulative Advantage, How to Build Momentum for Your Ideas, Business, and Life Against All Odds. Cumulative Advantage. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Go check it out on Amazon if you want to. But Mark is, uh, as I said, the previous, he's a best-selling author of Marketing Rebellion, Why the Most Human Company Wins. He's also a best-selling author of Known, which is uh, what I know we're all trying to do. Um, Cumulative advantage, however, is answering the one question, right? Which is, how can we be heard? How can we rise above the din of infinite options to create sustainable meaning with an audience or a group of customers? And I just found this a great exercise in critical thinking, right? Especially when we're all trying to get, quote, engagement on digital, right? And it's not enough. Even being great is arguably insufficient in the face of overwhelming competition, right? So Mark in this book uh, begins to 
basically provides a, a practical guidebook, right, for today, for the modern world, showing us, number one, how to get cumulative advantage, how to build momentum, but also, uh, number two, is it's filled with motivating ideas and fascinating case studies from the likes of um, the Black Keys, who Mark and I talk about, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Tim Ferriss, who's author of The 4-Hour Workweek, um, Stan Lee, the creator of the Marvel Comics, um, and all that kind of stuff. So lots of good uh, sources of inf inspiration in this book. Once again, The Cumulative Advantage. Check that out. It's available in paper book audio and Kindle versions. And um, Mark also writes a blog. You might want to check that out. His website, businessgrow.com. It's one of the most insightful, thought-provoking you know, writers uh, and thinkers, I think, for our time. And always a great conversation when I have this with Mark. So I don't know what else to say other than sit back, listen, have an open mind. Um, this isn't a, you know, how to be a successful loan originator. This isn't how to build a team, how to do another three loans a month. This is more bigger than that. This is critical thinking for you um, and understanding, right, how you can build personal momentum for yourself identify what advantages you might already have and creating significant awareness for yourself, uh, so on, how to build momentum. Like I said, maybe I've said momentum three times, but you know what I'm talking about. So let's just get into it. Okay. Let's uh, bring on Mark and uh, let's get into this week's show. Mark Schaefer, welcome to the show. Jeff, I'm delighted to be with you again. It's so it's, we're talking, but I'm also seeing you on the zoom call. So I'm seeing your face and then it's making me smile to see you again. Yeah, same here. Um, last time I had you on, we were talking about your previous book, Marketing Rebellion, which uh, right. I know a number of people have got. You've since, I don't know if you've gone crazy or whatever, because you came out with a book like <laughs> shortly thereafter, the new book, Cumulative Advantage. Um, before we talk about that, since you and I last spoke, I thought I'd open up with this. A lot has changed in the world. Everything it? has changed. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the biggest change for you that's happened since COVID-19? Other than the fact you obviously, oh you know, gosh. publicly, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, when, uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, really in the early days in, in March of 2020, uh, my wife got the virus mm -hmm. and uh, she got it on a family ski trip, brought it home to me. And so we were both pretty sick for a while. And uh, then I was, I, I was in this haze. Literally, I was in a haze because I, I had hypoxia. I wasn't getting enough oxygen to my brain. So I couldn't think. I couldn't read. I couldn't concentrate on anything. And so I was, I was really in this haze. Mm -hmm. And when I got out of it, I was feeling better. I kind of looked around and my business had crashed. Uh, I'm a speaker without an audience and it teacher without students and a consultant without customers. And so I was, there was a period of disorientation to really figure out where do I fit in this world? And it took some self-reflection to realize that uh, I'm a teacher in my heart. I'm a teacher in everything that I do. Um, this book that we're going to talk about today, <clears throat> Cumulative Advantage, was about halfway written. <clears throat> and I had to <clears throat> rethink the book to think, uh, to consider, is this still a book? D does this still matter right now? And uh, there's a very close friend I have who's a, is a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, I sent him the, the chapters, three or four chapters I had written. And I said, it was just a simple email. 
I said, is this still a book? <laughs> and he read what I had wrote and he sent a, a very simple email back. It was yes in all capital letters with three or four exclamation points that said, not only is this a book, this is your legacy. This is going to be, this is the best thing you've ever done. So wow. that helped a lot to, to know that, that I could create something meaningful in the context of this crazy world that we're in. All right. So with that, what's then the premise of the book? Uh, better to let you kind of explain that. Well, I think the, the reason that this is so meaningful is really for two reasons. Number one, I think this will resonate certainly with you and, and, your, and the fans of your show, is that the number one question we all struggle with as professionals, either for our business or for a personal brand, there's one burning question and it's this, how can we be heard? And I realized that everybody's working hard on, on social media and content and SEO, and that just isn't enough. And, and even if we're great and we're doing our best work, there's still so much stacked against us that we may not be heard. Mm -hmm. And, and Jeff, I'm the kind of guy that, that just isn't going to say, oh, well, it's hard, too bad. Um, I want to figure it out. I want to figure out what do we do? So the first reason I think this book is, is, a, is significant now is it, I think it gives us a hint at what's next. And that is momentum. Uh, how do we close that gap? If we don't have some of these advantages that maybe some of our competitors have, how do we close that gap and build momentum on our own? And we have to understand what are the dynamics of momentum and let's break it apart and see how it really works. Okay. The other reason why I think this is important and will resonate with people now is that there is nothing in this book that is not doable and accessible to everyone. You don't need money in the bank. You don't need an Ivy League degree. You don't need connections with super influencers. That if you just understand the mechanics of influence and how it really works to build momentum, then uh, you can you can have make this work for you. Anyone can do it. Mm. Yeah, so that's a key phrase you said there, the mechanics of influence. Uh, yeah. I would think that a lot of my listeners are looking to have greater influence. Sure. Um, so how would you advise those that are looking? We're talking, obviously, in the context of online. Typically, we're looking to grow our brands and our presence. And as sure. you said, become known, get attention. Um, so what are those elements of building momentum? Well, I started by really doing a lot of research going down rabbit holes of what have, you know, what, what have people written about this mm -hmm. and, and what is out there? And I found that actually there's quite a significant amount of research that's been buried. It was started about 50 years ago. Uh, it's been built on over the years, but it's kind of stayed in the halls of academia by sociolo sociologists who have, who have studied this. And so, uh, again, I went down ridiculous rabbit holes <laughs> trying to figure this out and um, ended up actually interviewing 
the, the wife of the person who did this original research because she was his researcher back in, back in the 1960s when all this thing started. Because the thing that tantalized me is they said that people will continue to build this unstoppable momentum once they have this advantage, unless there are countervailing processes. So for me to figure out how anybody can make this work, we've got to figure out those countervailing processes. And these researchers never really specifically said what they were. Mm. So I had to dig, 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 and go to the original sources to figure it out. And I think I've unlocked the code, and that's what's in the book. Everything starts with an initial advantage. The initial advantage, which is something unique, or could be an idea, or could just be something happened to you that hasn't happened to anybody else. For example, for Bill Gates, why is Bill Gates Bill Gates? When he was a teenager, he was the only teenager in the country that had access to early computer prototypes. Mm -hmm. He was code coding before anybody else. So what is that initial advantage? You apply that to a seam of opportunity. Again, for Gates, computers started to blow up. He was had this opportunity, had this advantage at the right time. So this is a really important part of strategy today is, is pursuing these ideas, bursting through a seam of opportunity to create momentum. Then you need to create what I call the sonic boom of awareness. And this works a lot differently than people would expect. Things go viral in a way, the research shows, in a way that we, we never really considered before. One of the important things in the book I talk about is looking for help from other people. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's redefining mentorship. Mentorship is classically considered to be here is someone, a relationship with you have, you have with someone who can teach you over time. And I reframe that to say, you know, today, if you need to learn something over time, you need a Wi-Fi connection. You just go to YouTube. You can pretty much learn anything you need to learn there. Mm -hmm. What mentoring means today is, is creating, helping you create momentum by opening doors, opening opportunities, making introductions, maybe even just a, a word of encouragement at the right time. Mm -hmm. And then the momentum continues. How do you keep it going? Constancy of purpose. Every time you launch something new, an idea, a movement, a, a new career, a book, a business, something is going to go wrong. And you need to make solid decisions that you keep the momentum going, even when things go wrong. Uh, 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 Tom, Coll uh, what was the, uh, Jim Collins, the author. Collins, yeah, right. he, he talks about this thing called uh, the doom loop. When things start going wrong, people start panicking and they grasp for anything they, they can hold on to. They said, you got to remember what created that momentum. What, and you got to just hang in there and keep it going. I think that's particularly relevant for the period we're in right now. It's, it's, it's sort of intoxicating to, to pivot. And I tell everybody, you know, if you've got momentum going, you just need to get through this year. That is the goal. Land on the other side. Don't do anything too dramatic right now. If you can hang in there and land on the other side, keep that momentum going in the right direction.
Why is that? If, is it the old, if it ain't broke, don't break it kind of thing? Well, I think that's really the long-term opportunity. The, the biggest thing that disrupts momentum mm -hmm. is that uh, people quit too soon. Right. They give up too soon. There's no such right. thing as an overnight success. Right. If you're an overnight success, as, you know, if you become famous overnight, it's probably because you got arrested for something, right? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's not something you would really pursue. Right. But, but really, fame occurs be, over time. Uh, right. And, right. and uh, there's a story I have in the book, uh, uh, you know, about about you know the band uh, the Black Keys. Right. And they so were you know, they were just yes, you know, yes. starting to burst out. Right. And I got mm -hmm. to hang out with these guys. I said, what was the pivot point? What, what, what just, what just really made you go to the next level? And, and Patrick Carney told me, he said, there wasn't one. We just do a little bit better. Every album, a little bit better, every concert, a little bit better. And, you know, two years later, they were selling out Madison square gardens in, in, in 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and, and so that that's a real lesson for all of us. Yeah, I love I just, any book that mentions the Black Keys to me immediately is a cool yeah. book, right? And a cool yeah, they're, they're They're so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen them two or three times. Uh, as a matter of fact, that was my, one of my last shows before COVID hit when they were coming through Vegas here. Fun fact, fun yeah. fact. Please. My son fronted a band that opened for the Black Keys in, in arenas. Really? What's the name that of the band? The Royal Bangs. Seriously, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. What's he yeah. play? He plays everything and wrote all the songs, and they had some some good success. Uh, but it just got to the point where to to make money, you had to tour, and he it just wasn't sustainable. And so he ended up starting uh, an electronics business, uh, and he mm. makes high end uh, guitar uh, guitar pedals. Oh, really? That's cool. Holog hologram electronics. Yeah. Hologram electronics. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Uh, I've got a couple of pedals myself. One, I'm one of those struggling guitarists. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been working on it for too many decades. <laughs> um, so yeah. So there's so many good things you talked about in there. And I've got some notes from the book. I'm, I'm scrolling these to find out where to re-enter of some of the things you mentioned. Um, I want to go back to the seam uh, and clarify for those listening. Yeah. So uh, this is straight from the book. A seam is a undefended or under-defended opportunity as you go on to say, it is a fracture in the status quo. Seams of seams of opportunity are open continuously as the world changes. So, like you said, we can talk about some seams that have opened since COVID. Um, but one example or two examples you give is like about Enterprise Renter Car, um, first company to deliver cars to you. That was a seam, right? An opening of something unique they could do just to to get noticed, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Right. So it's it's really about sort of being aware. I mean, anybody can have an idea, but you need to pursue that idea and see if it's relevant in the context of today, not ten years from now or ten years ago. So you know, timing. This is it's the idea that strategy today is really a function of of space and time and speed. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and when you find that fracture in the status quo and all of a sudden you're relevant in this moment, you have got to go for it. You've got to burst through the seam with blinding speed and go as fast as you can and as far as you can before you know, the competitors can catch up.
And if you can do that, and again, build awareness, right. keep the momentum going, you have an opportunity to really create unstoppable content. So some, some seams were created because of COVID-19, right? 100%. Yeah. I, uh, I, Jeff, I predicted last March that we would have more startups than any time in the history of America. And that has come true. There are more startups right now than the businesses that have failed through this pandemic because there are undefended or underdefended seams. Mm -hmm. There are unmet or underserved customer needs. Mm -hmm. All of those are seams of opportunity. And there are there are going to be millionaires made yeah. out of this pandemic because people, you know, people see a trend, they see an opportunity and they go for it. Well, one of the one of the obvious scenes, if you will, that was created because of COVID is the, the you know when taking our ability to get a, get together in person, face to face, and of course Zoom, right? And in your book, you talk about how there's there there may be some existing technologies or whatnot that because of like COVID nineteen, this ex external force um, bursts open this seam or creates a seam that wasn't previously there. Case in point, this thing we're all on too sure. much yeah. Zoom. Yeah, I mean. Right, they're they're somebody who have pivoted because of uh, the seam called COVID nineteen. Right. Well, I'll give you a, a, a beautiful example. I was, I had a sort of a coaching session today with a woman who had a business in France, and for personal reasons, she moved to Miami, and she's now sort of disconnected from this business in France. She she moved, I think, in twenty eighteen. And she's trying to figure out what do I do? How do I reconnect? And I was able to show her that in 2018, there was an expectation if she was helping people in France, she better be in France. But today, everybody's on Zoom. There's no exp, you could do anything anywhere. And she needed to sort of reconsider what the world is like right now. So, specifically for her, the pandemic has created an opening, has created an opportunity because her business doesn't have to be showing up at conferences anymore. Nobody's doing that. She can reinvent herself and reimagine her business, taking advantage of this technology that everyone's using. In 2018, nobody was serious about working from home because companies really, they didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. They didn't know if they could trust it. They didn't right. invest in training. They didn't invest in technology. Now it's a must have. And a lot of it is going to be that way forever. Business is going to be changed forever. Expectations are, are going to be changed forever. She can ride this wave and reimagine her business and take advantage of that scene. Mm. Yeah. And I think about that in the context of my audience, uh, as you may recall, largely mortgage professionals, you know, mortgage brokers, loan officers, that kind of stuff, some real estate as well. And I try and bang that drum of, you know, using Zoom more, right? For yeah. communicating during buyer consults or a sure. referral partner relationship. But you also, you referenced it. I've heard you use this term, I think in one of your blog articles, uh, being Zoomed out, right? And, and I'm hearing some of that feedback as well. Like one of the things I help people do is teach classes to real estate agents virtually, right? Over Zoom. They were previously mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. um, but that's some of the, some of the feedback. I'm not... So, so my answer to this is, is that if people 
are, are zoomed out, air quotes, right? It's probably because those meetings suck generally <laughs> and aren't worthwhile, right? I don't know if you agree with this or what, what, how do you respond to the whole I'm zoomed out do you, in, in terms of the appetite for people to continue doing that? Yeah. Well, uh, I think one of the reasons that, that, that people are, are, are zoomed out is because you, you don't have um, these, these sort of important human, random human interactions that make life more interesting and fun. It might just be getting up and sharing a cup of coffee with somebody. Um, you know, today we're, we're sort of locked in this box where we're sitting in one place and we're looking at a certain way and there's a certain behavior and there's a certain sort of um, pattern of, of, of courtesy that goes with Zoom meetings and so forth. Right. And I was reading an article recently about just the little habits of the world, like saying hello to the janitor every day or picking up your paper on the way to the office every day mm. or listening to the to a podcast on your commute mm -hmm. and there's these certain rituals surrounding the work environment that that really reinforce someone's life and maybe mm. their esteem and their lifestyle and all of that is going and going away and so now we're sort of locked in this box and then we go to the next box and we go to the next box without all these little things that become part of our, our ritual. And I think that's hard to articulate, Yeah. Uh, but that's really what's, what's, what's missing the randomness and the ritual and the, and the comfort of being in a space with other humans. Yeah, I think that's a real thing for sure. The comfort of being around other humans. We yeah. obviously crave that. And there is an element missing on, on Zoom. But let me ask you this. Uh, I've asked this of other people that are in, you know, you've had a lot of experience in the corporate world and things like that. Um, virtual selling has been around a long time, but is the virtual selling of, like how important do you think being able to quote sell virtually, whatever that is, convey your message virtually, right? Has the importance of that now just skyrocketed? thousand percent mm -hmm. you know one of the things um you know you asked me early on in the in the program about you know, what's changed for me mm -hmm. and one of the things i realized is the things that i was writing about and speaking about seemed totally unimportant and irrelevant when people are locked into their homes and they can't get food uh, you know, I would go, you know, I was trying to, I saw this thing coming before we even got sick and I started to try to stock up on a few things and I would go to the grocery store and there was no meat. Mm -hmm. And so I, what I was doing just didn't seem relevant. And I realized right now, I'm, I still have to teach people expect me to teach this, what I want to do, but I need to teach something different. I need mm -hmm. to talk about anxiety. I need to talk about uncertainty. I need to talk about just a survival strategy, uh, personal and professional, to get us to the next day, get us to the next week. And uh, so that was, hmm. you know, essentially uh, 
my, you know, my, my pivot. I had to connect in a different way, had to teach in a different way. And one of the things I encourage people to think about is if you depended on face-to-face interactions, like a banker, insurance broker, mortgage broker, how are you going to be relevant now? How are you going to connect in, in this way? You almost need to build a new competency mm. in, in, connect, in using technology because we've got no choice. And that may transcend the pandemic. I think it will in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Let me get back into the book. I was going <laughs> to keep asking you these questions, but I'm thinking of my listeners, audience. Come on, this is for you. Um, okay, so how do you know, uh, I'm going back through the book here, here, in terms of how do you know when you have, what do you call it, a spark, right? The click moment, which yeah. is a, a collision of people, ideas, and circumstances. Right. How do, how do you know when you have one? Well, there's, there's really two questions there is how do you know that you have one and how do you know that this is something that could mean something? Mm. And there's a great uh, insight in the book from a fella named uh, Raji Thomas. He's the founder and CEO of a tech company called Sprinkler. Mm -hmm. And he's a multiple company founder. He's been very, very successful. And he said, you know, Ideas happen all the time. You're bombarded with ideas. And in the book, I have some very specific processes you can go through to sort of put yourself in a position to create those spark moments. But he said, those, there's millions of great ideas out there, but they don't mean anything unless you pursue the, your curiosity. It's, it's, a, it's more than idea. It has to be a quest. How do I act on it in a meaningful way? How do I know if this can really apply to a seam that means something in the world? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the benefits of this book, Jeff, is, is that I can almost guarantee that anybody that reads this book will see the world in a new way. They'll see, they'll start to see this pattern of how success operates, how momentum works. And I think the key is to be aware that, you know what? I do have all these ideas. I do see these patterns and maybe I need to be more intentional about that. Maybe I need to write them down or research them or talk to my friends about them rather than just let these opportunities uh, go by. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's There's a story in this book. I got to spend time with a great man, Harold, Burson. He was the founder of Burson Marcel or PR. I met him. I think he was still in his 80s. He was still coming to his office in Manhattan every day at 7 a.m. And he was working on his life story in his book. And he said, really, the, 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 the story of my momentum is just every day doors are opening for me. And it's just momentum is a series of decisions knowing, do I go through that door? Do I go through the the door? It's happening to all of us all the time. It's really a combination of luck and wisdom when you get right down to it. Mm-hmm. We all have these lucky moments, but are we wise enough to go through the door? Yeah, well, I love the fact that uh, you mentioned uh, Walter Isaacson. You had a conversation with him, I think? Yes, I did. I got yeah. to meet him. Uh, yeah, he's incredible. He's written some of the most amazing books. Oh, so. I love his work. <laughs> 
Steve Jobs. He wrote books about Einstein, as you talk about. Um, what's what's the the little snippet that you took away from him that you put in the book about the genius insights? Well, it was such a wonderful time because, you know, Walter is, is certainly one of my uh, literary heroes. He's also a, a, prof a college professor at Tulane University, a very famous historian, and he's had an amazing career. And he's written these books on geniuses. And I said, what makes a genius? Mm -hmm. And he said, really, there's two things. One is this insatiable curiosity. It's a pursuit of curiosity, not just having ideas and observations, but pursuing it. And then he said, it's this ability to, to, to see patterns. So it, it's, it's exactly what I talk about in the book. It's like, it's not just enough to have an idea. You have to pursue that curiosity mm. and see how that connects to a pattern. And if you can do that, mm. it's a light bulb mm. moment. It's, but, it's, it's inspiration. It's an insight. Yeah. It's an innovation. Yeah. And to me, when I hear curiosity, it's, it's, it comes back to always asking the question of why, why is that? Why does that happen? Yeah. Why do they do this right. like over, over and over? Don't, right? That's right. <laughs> Just don't let it go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I'm thinking like uh, in the context of, of our listeners, um, you know, there are certain patterns that you, I'm sure recognized repeatedly with either your partners or with your clients. And perhaps the takeaway from you is this, get curious as to why those patterns reoccur over and over again. And is there an opportunity in there, right? Yeah, and and, and then there's also the opposite of that, which I point out in the book, mm. that if you expect patterns to, you know, if, if you expect something to happen over and over again, and all of a sudden it doesn't, that's an opportunity too. Don't ignore that. If you see something that's supposed to happen, but it doesn't happen, find out why. There could be a lesson. There could be a clue. Uh, there, 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 there could be an opportunity there. I, I went. I had a coaching session uh, actually today. This has been a busy day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could just keep on telling stories about just what happened to me today. Yeah. Uh, but there's a woman that saw this unusual pattern in the open rate of her professional uh, newsletter to her clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, she, what she saw is she thought she saw this decline. So when I did the statistical analysis for her, what I showed was that, in, that the, the aberration wasn't the low point, the aberration was the high point. That really the change was not that she's at this level, but that she, for a few months, she was at a level that was unusually high. I said, we need to go back and figure out what did you do in those newsletters that mm -hmm. created this excitement? And we were able to see this pattern that sure enough, there were certain themes she was writing about that resonated more than what she's doing today. Mm -hmm. So we we're able to sort of like re-energize her momentum by seeing it was like a disruption in the force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's similar to um, you know, think about uh, if you're if you're talking like you have a certain script or talk track that you use, and yeah. people say yes more often when you say this specific sequence of words or not. Um, same could be yes. for YouTube yeah. channel. What I do is uh -huh. I look at people's YouTube videos and I and I you know try and try and teach them. I was like, okay, look at these videos and these titles. They have the higher view counts. Why is that? Yeah, you know, there's a pattern there too. Sure around the topic. 
All right, so uh, in cognizant of the time here, uh, a couple more things before we wrap up. Uh, part of your book, I have to be like honest with you, like, you know, it's, it's a journey and starting off, I, I wasn't necessarily feeling great uh, reading it. And what I mean by that is because things are stacked against us, right? And one yeah. of the things you say is that digital engagement is not enough. And a lot of what I'm talking about is like, you know, engage on digital, right? That's your virtual networking at scale. But what you say here, being great is insufficient in the face of overwhelming competition and that the world is stacked against us in big ways, right? So I'm like, huh, okay, all this work, man. You know what I mean? I'm like, can I? And you start reading the stories about the, you know, the Winklevoss twins. Yeah, Winklevoss. Winklevoss twins. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like all these advantages, right? And you're like yeah. thinking, well, what's my advantage? How can I win if the odds are stacked? What do you say? Well, first of all, you know, I, I'm sorry if I scared you, know you what I mean. no, upset I, you in some way. <laughs> but I but I think this is this is the core. Just the I, I'm sure you feel it. I yeah. you know, I yeah. feel it. I mean, everybody I talk to is like, doggone, what more do I need to do? Yes. Uh, you know, I'm already working as, as hard as I possibly can. Right. You know, I think what I'm doing, I can remember the early days when I was blogging and I saw some of these people at the top, it, it was actually, now that I think about it, it would have been a perfect example of cumulative advantage to put in my book. Mm -hmm. These people were like the early adopters. They were the early bloggers. They had some advantage and had propelled themselves so high and so fast. And I tried to honestly compare the work I was doing with what they were doing Mm -hmm. And I was, I was doing so much better. I mean, my blog posts were so much more meaningful. They were putting out what I thought were very mediocre things, but I couldn't be heard. I was just lost in this, in this noise. How do we come become the signal mm. in this world of noise? And those odds are stacked against us all the time, every day. So we've got to find something else. We've got to figure out how to change those odds and at least part of the solution. And I'm not saying that this is the total solution. I would never you know, claim something like that. But part of the solution is to really understand how did that momentum work? How did that fella do that? Mm -hmm. And that's what I explain in the book. Yeah. And it's something that's accessible to anyone. Anyone can do this. And that's why I think it's it's really a book of hope. Yeah, it is. Hopefully I didn't steer you wrong on that. It's just, look, those are some of the realities of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people have advantages. It can make you down. It really can. Yeah. Um, but there there are ways to circumvent that worker. Like you talk about the five factors to, uh, you know, to, to countervailing processes. You know, and I think that'll be relevant for our listeners as well. Um, but I think when I hear you say, how did that momentum, how did that person get momentum? You know, I, I think about some of the examples in your other books, like Marketing Rebellion and Known and things like that. It's like uh, that I've definitely shared some lessons, which is, you know, um, have a unique uh, personality, have a unique viewpoint, um, go all in on one channel. I mean, all yeah. those are potential ways that we can exactly. get Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These, these two books really do kind of go together. They really mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Because Known focuses a, a lot on this idea of your uniqueness, your initial advantage. Mm -hmm. And then this book kind of says, how do you blow it out? Yeah. That, so you, that's a keen observation, Jeff, that they really do kind of go together.
Yeah, that's what was coming up for me. So yeah. again, it's no, no surprise to anybody who's read your stuff before. Great material, well-researched, of course. I don't know how you do it, man. It's like every, you said every book is like a two-year project, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So are you already starting on the next one? <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, whatever they interviewed Tom Brady after the Super Bowl. And they said, oh, wow, you know, are you going to be back next year? What's next? And, you know, he said, look, I just want to enjoy this one a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Just won the Super Bowl. And, you know, this this book took a lot out of me. It really did. Uh, As you know, the the last chapter of the book is is quite emotional, quite personal. It literally took me three months to write that one chapter. And um, because it was it was it was very it's, it's very risky. And yeah. writing a book is is really the, the the riskiest thing you can do for a personal brand because you can't take it back. It's not like a blog post that you could, you know, eliminate and take it down. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh, whoops, sorry, I didn't really mean that in the book. It's <laughs> out there forever. And it's got to be right. It's yes. got to be bold. Right. Uh, it, it's got to be beautiful. Yeah. And it has to mean something to people. So this, it, it really, this book took, took everything out of me. Yeah. And uh, so I need a recovery time. <laughs> For sure. Um, well, we, and we I, won't, I won't, I won't, yeah, I'll only write a book if it's, right. if, if it's, if, if it's going to be unique and bold. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do meaningful work. That's awesome. Yeah. That's why I, I love having you on. Cause I think your message resonates with the kind of the vibe of my audience. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned Brady. Yeah, to pause there for a moment. I mean, there's a study in momentum, right? I mean, yeah. if you look at like where he started, ground zero, so to speak. But I mean, yeah. To me, I would love to see a interview with him all about like mindset, right? Mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. So anyway, to close out here, I love that. Once again, you've 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 got the black keys in the book. You've got Bruce Springsteen in the book, right? I do. Yeah. I got, I I got Batman in the book. I got Spider Man <laughs> in the book. That's right. What's not oh. to like? Real quick, tell the story, the the origin story of Stan. You know, let's let's yeah. close out on that. Oh, it's oh that was one of the because again, I I was like geeking out trying mm-hmm. to find these unexpected heroes, these people mm-hmm. that's like zero to hero. Right. And uh, when 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 uh, so there was this the, the, this teenager Stan Lieber, and uh, he won a writing contest, and he won this writing contest like three times in a row. And the editor of the newspaper said, Stan, you really need to be a writer. So, you know, I think he's like 19 years old or something like that. He's out of high school. He doesn't know what to do. He keeps applying for jobs. And the only job he could get was at this little comic book company. And he was so embarrassed to be writing. He said, I don't even want to use my name. Do not call me Stan Lieber. Call me Stan Lee. And here he was, 19 years old, and the creative team of the comic book company quit. And the owner of the company said, all right, Stan, it's you. And that's how we, you know, became, this is the guy, you know, at the, at the right at the foundation of the Marvel Universe, Marvel yeah. Comics. Yeah. That's Stan Lee. And, and it, it, it's these random things. It was not his plan. It was not his strategy. He was embarrassed to be there. But that was the click moment. That yeah. was the initial, this random thing that happened that created a legend. Yep. And that's that opportunity is there for everybody. You just have to be aware that these random opportunities are, are 
coming at us all the time. Mm -hmm. And then being willing to jump in and go for it when that opportunity presents itself. Um, so I'm going to close out on this just because it's a reminder, I think, for my people, because this is relevant to what most of my listeners are trying to do. Uh, so your quote from Bruce Springsteen, getting an audience is hard. Sustaining an audience is hard. It demands a consistency of thought, of purpose, and of action over a long period of time. That's social media well, success that's, 101 right there. It, it really is. It's success with anything. And, yeah. and, and unfortunately, there's this mythology that pervades social media, especially in this era of, of influencers mm -hmm. that, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's like striking oil that all I have to do is, is, is do this and be at the right place at the right time. And it's, it's really never that way yeah. that you just have to commit. You have to just keep on plugging a little bit, just like Bruce, right? Yep. Yep. You know, Bruce worked. I saw Bruce when I was, when I was a teenager playing at a ballroom at a university, right? Yep. He's playing in front of probably two or 300 people. And, uh, you know, that's really when my lifelong obsession, not obsession, but really love and devotion of Bruce Springsteen yeah. started. And I mean, he was not an overnight success. No. You know, he was, he was one album away from, of a, from us never hearing of him again. Right. He had to make Born to Run work or it was going to be over for him. And but he had worked for years and years and years playing the ballrooms, playing the, the you know, the dive bars uh, before he made it. And, you know, that's an analogy for all of our careers and all of our lives. It's it's constancy of purpose. Absolutely. And remember, uh, again, from your book, everything good and great starts with something small. Right. Take that uh, first step. <laughs> Exactly. And take the next step of uh, getting Mark's book, Cumulative Advantage. We're going to put li links in the show notes. Cumulative Advantage, how to build momentum for your ideas, business, and life against all odds. Mark, I know you're a busy man, especially today. I can't thank you enough for being here. Jeff, thank you so much. And you know, I want to just tell you how much I appreciate the preparation you put into these shows and the great questions that you ask. And I know that your audience really appreciates it. And as you know, someone that does a lot of shows, that makes a lot of difference. And uh, I hope you're rewarded for that. Great job. I uh, appreciate it very much. I try and remain one of those elements is constantly curious, you know? <laughs> yeah, good for you. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. All right. So listeners, you know what to do. If you like this episode, hey, leave us a review. And I appreciate you tuning in. As always, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. <laughs>
with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.